Welcome to episode 55 of the I Want to Party with Bob Bobcast. This episode, this is something a little special. It's not an interview with a band. It's not a look at some kind of weird, kooky public figure, personality, musician, whatever. Not about ghosts. Not a ghost hunt. Kind of none of my usual shtick. This episode is going to be an in-depth look at one single record. Yes, one audio record type thing by a band. That band is Tilt Wheel, and that record is Hairbrained Schematics. We're going to go through Hairbrained Schematics song by song with some commentary. This is a pretty cool thing. This, First of all, I got to get this out of the way. This is all Davey's idea, 100%. Not my idea. It's all Davey. Davey came up with this idea to get us all together. Everyone that played in Tilt Wheel at the time when we recorded Hairbrain Schematics, we would listen to the record and kind of talk about each song as we listened back to the record via like a Zoom call kind of thing. It, we tried. It didn't really work out that good. We couldn't get the audio right where we could actually play Hairbrained in the background while we were talking. So eventually what we did... I just put the CD in a boombox that I have in like my little studio kind of thing and just played it and we started talking. Let me go back just a little bit and explain who was in Tilt Wheel in 1999 when we recorded Hairbrain Schematics. That's me, Bob. Uh, yes, your, your host, Bob, here. Uh, then there's Davey, of course. Ross Hughes was the bass player. And lastly, our good friend Chris Squire played rhythm guitar or just guitar on Hairbrain Schematics. And he was part of the band. He was part of Tilt Wheel during that era as well. What a great idea Davey had to do this. Like, it's fucking genius. Really is. I'm not capable of that level of thought, I don't think. Like, Davey came up with a really good idea. Credit where credit's due, for sure. I'm glad I recorded the incoming audio and the audio on the other end. I do have to give a disclaimer, though. The audio of the other guys, of Ross, Davey, and Squire... Eh, it's not so great. It's okay. It's listenable. Ross, especially, there's something going on with his phone, so you can't really hear him that great sometimes. I kind of mess with it as well as I could, but it's still off a little bit. So disclaimer before we get started. I'm still pretty happy with it, though. Yeah, I hope you're happy with it, too. It's, it came out okay, I think. It's going to be fun. It's a different kind of episode, for sure. This is how it's going to work. After I do this little intro thing, there's going to be kind of an intro part with all of us kind of talking about getting set up for the recording, how things went at the very beginning, like in general, you know, the setup, yada, yada. Then we're going to talk about the songs on Hairbrain Schematic, song by song by song, some sort of background on what we were doing other than sleeping, drinking, and uh, quitting the band. Fuck you, Dave. Say it again. Fuck you, Dave. That's right. Uh, anyhow, for example, Texas 10, we kind of talk about how Davey came up with the song, also how Davey played bass on part of the song for the recording, that kind of thing. We'll play the song. Texas 10 is weird in this because I do a little bit before and after on it, but yeah, yeah, you'll see. You'll see. I'm not going to talk about this for much longer. For the record, we are going to do that song by song for the entirety of Hairbrain Schematics. It's fucking great. Yeah, I love this shit. One thing about this too, I want to note the bonus song that only came on the European release of Hairbrain Schematics, Wonder Beer, which was a Naked Raygun cover, that's also in this episode. So yeah, cool. We are also going to be hearing from our friends at Mouse and Monkey Button Company and Red Brontosaurus Records as well. Stay tuned for that. Here we go. Let's get right to it. We've got a whole record to listen to and a bunch of talking in between songs. 
Without further ado, here is the 1999 version of Tilt Wheel talking about harebrained schematics with the songs of that record in its entirety. I hope you enjoy. Okay, if we're just going to say anything different about this be, be, other than like anything else, it was the addition of Chris Squire. Because so, technically, we've always had a, another guitar player, right? But Todd, damn it, has been our guitar player since day one. He has never showed up to practice. <laughs> He still has <laughs> pretty the much open yeah, invitation. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true. He that's still true. has it. He still has the open invitation to like for me as far as I'm concerned. I mean, by now, fucking I think it's probably like but he's never showed up. But Ross gave, Ross gave me the the, the run through kind of so I kinda that's how I was able to jump in. I really only practiced with you guys as a full band like maybe twice yeah, before like we twice. started playing shows. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah. I remember that. And that's because the, that's because I did my homework with Rock. Ah. Yeah, you, we only played like two shows and then we recorded the record too, right? Yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. And then remember I got that whole record in one take. You did it, I know. I know. And then you're and then at the very end what happened? What happened at the very end? My hands are on fire. <laughs> and you, and you, the la- <laughs> fucking last note of the last song. Like, <laughs> what's that smell? It. You can hear it on the record. Yep. You can hear it melting. Like crackling and shit, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was that, a blackface uh, Fender. It was a silverface uh, Fender basement. It was a Fender basement, yeah. 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 And we did some weird thing where we, we ran a. You're, you had a carbon that the tubes had been taken out of and i don't even know what we were thinking but we i think i was running out of the speaker jack into my fender to try to give it extra gain right which sounded it worked sounded really good but i the transform melted the transformer you had to turn that fucking amp all the way up in that in the room to get that fucking sound, and that's why it's so brutal sound. It's like, it's just like, it's just loud. And I, I know that like Wes and I, Wes who was recording it, like we just got fucking busy in the middle of the night. And you were, I think you did guitar on the second night, maybe. Yeah, second or third. Uh, there was a third night. Third, 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 third yeah, night. I was at the very end. That's why. That's why Ross. That's why Ross called me parsley. Because I was like the, the final time. <laughs> I forgot about parsley. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah, because we literally like the garnish on the dish. Yes. Like, I mean, like, you know, because like, like you can take it or leave it. You know, like it was cool with me, but you didn't really need. It. I just all I remember is like. Oh yeah, I, I slept for, for like I slept the whole first two days. I did too. I did too. After I was done with the drums, like I. I just drank and slept, drank and slept. That was it. I think, there was was it. A, I think, uh, I think someone brought a keg at one point. Did like, we have a keg there? Oh, fuck. We probably did. Yeah. Did we? Yeah, well, look, my, my Orange County friends were, like, dropping in and stuff. Yeah, going, yeah, 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 yeah. Because there was, like, that whole lounge area. And we were just, like, in so front. when I wasn't sleeping, I was, like, partying with the, with, with the, the Orange County characters yeah. that, were, that were popping in and out. Because what we did was, like, I guess I probably gave a little background. Um, we went to the record factory. And, yeah, I remember that. And where? That's Santa Ana, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was Sideways. It was Sideways. 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 Okay, because yeah, yeah, the, 
the Eddie, Eddie like, did a, Ever Eddie did Ever Eddie recorded there, right? Uh, we did um, Ryan Height. No, we did uh, Festivus there. With, oh, uh, with, okay, uh, okay, okay. Mass. Because Master Genie came out for that. And then, um, so we recorded with Mass there. And Wes was the... Wes was the engineer. Mass was like the producer. Yeah, yeah. And Wes was so rad. I mean, Mass was rad too. But like, and you know, totally fucking. We could like that was amazing what he did. But we did the same thing where we stayed in the studio for the three days. So what? And so yeah, have, the obvious choice was to go stay at that fucking studio and sleep there and not drive anywhere. Get fucking hammered. Get yeah. that like midnight yeah. thing. So we kept Wes in there. Like, he would just go home, like, around 5 in the morning and fucking... And this is when the Till War recordings happened. Like, he would just go home, like, 5 and come back, like, around 10 or 11. Yeah. And, yeah. like, and then start up again. But we'd be sleeping in there all night. But then one of the nights, the night that Chris's amp caught fire, Wes and I stayed up the whole fucking night. No drugs or nothing. But, like, I remember we had a... There was a fucking ladder. And we put a ladder up and we fucking put all these mics on the ladders, like in a way so that the fucking metal from the ladder would fucking act as a reverb on the mic Holy before shit. he hit the mic. All kinds of crazy shit. We, and when Chris's amp was in there, we had like maybe four or five mics in all these different spots, almost like you're recording a drummer. And um, yeah, I'm kind of getting ahead, but that was the idea was we slept there so that we can just record a bunch because, you know, we'd, we'd wake up and get groggy and want to go to breakfast yeah, and go yeah. find each other. We always get lost if we left each other's company, you know? <laughs> and like, it was a good way to keep track of everybody. It was a good way to keep track. So, yeah, but, but, you know, and it's just always like a vibe. I like the vibe of like fucking sleeping in the studio and just like, it's immersion, you know? And so we had been there for days and like, but so when we started, we were doing, uh, we were setting drums up uh yeah we were having trouble with you so you had just got what, what did you play the black kit or did you play the yeah, blue kit no that was a brand new that was the brand new tama rockstar the cheap like korean wood like the really right, like the, the shitty one. yeah not not the japanese tama set it was the cheap like korean tama rockstar set and he could not get us like the right sound out of one of the toms so right. we had to call uh, yeah, yeah. Ali's oh, brother yeah. Wal, Wal Walid Rashidi into the rescue, right? That was on the yeah. very first song. He fucked with that Tom, that one Tom, for like two hours. Two hours yeah, of like that. tweaking on it, tweaking on it. No, it's still not. No, 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 it's not right. Like, well, what the fuck do we, what do we do? What do you want to do? We need another Tom or something. Okay. So Wall wasn't even involved. He was just there to like say hi to us or something, right? Didn't he drive all the way to Eagle Rock and back from Santa Ana to like Eagle Rock and back? Brought one of right. his toms. He, he was a drum doctor, right? Yeah, yeah. He was like, like one of the. Yeah, he'd go like help bands get ready to record because they. What was the band he was in with Kathy? Kathy and her husband were in it. Coed. 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 He was in Coed. And he had already he had worked in that studio before. Well, fuck! Remember, he drove up like wherever he lived and out at Eagle Rock or something like that. Grabbed one tom, drove all the way back down, set it up, and they had it like Wes and him had it tuned and ready to go in like ten minutes. After he had been fucking yeah. with my tom for like 
two and a half hours or something. I was like, oh, fuck. Is this how the rest of this is going to go? Like, oh, fuck. I just, I want out right now. I don't even want to fuck with this anymore, you know? Yeah, and of course, it was. And then you're my big bitch about the whole situation was like, I went in not knowing what the fuck I was doing, even though we had recorded like five times before. No one ever told me hit the drum as hard as you can consistently right in the middle. Hit everything as hard as you fucking can. Every time you hit, it needs to be consistent. Right. And he kept telling me, no, you're not hitting it right. You're not hitting hard enough. You're not, you're not doing it right. You're hitting too solid. And I was like, fuck, I, what? This is like the first time I've ever heard this before. <laughs> right? Like what? And now I've been talking to other drummers like through the years. I was pissed about that forever. And I was just talking to uh, Uriel from Les Saboteur and he got the same thing from the person they recorded their EP with. He was like, holy shit, dude, I did one song and I was fucking exhausted. But he had to retrain himself how to play drums and I did too. That was the first fucking time I had ever heard of that, you know? I was like, no, why? Why do I have to do it different like this? We did a whole record before I didn't have to fuck with this shit. But you know what? That Wes, he was right. He was 100% right. That's the that's how you get the best sound out of the drum. Fucking smack the shit out of it in the same spot every time you hit it, right? Yeah. I never knew yeah. that, and then I did. Ever since then, just ever since then, just as a, it's like always stuck. So, you know, anytime a band comes through town, like Chris, and like, you know, I, I, if I see that fucking snare pattern, I'm like, right, way to go. Not that I know what I'm talking about. But no, no, but you, yeah, you have an idea. Speech, yeah, yeah, you know? but that was the first time yeah. I'd ever heard of that, and he was, he, dude, the guy was 100% right. Like, that's the best way to get the best sound out of the drums. And you know what? One other quick thing about Uriel was Uriel told me I didn't get mad about it. I was happy for, like, the chance to learn, and the engineer guy was basically uh, trying to give us the best value for the money that we were putting into it. He was trying to get the best right. sound out of us that he could. And I didn't, I never looked at it that way until he fucking said that you know, 20 fucking years later. I go, oh yeah, shit. I've been, I've been calling. What's that? Was Uriel even born when we recorded? No, he was. I, I don't think he was. Well, yeah, he was. So he was like three, you know, maybe, maybe five. <laughs> oh, shit. Shit. But that, I, I've been. I've been pissed off about that ever since, until like, seriously, until like two months ago, and I got that perspective from Uriel, and then I was like, oh, fuck, I've been looking at this wrong, like, for 20 fucking years, I've been pissed off, and it's like, all right, well, anyways, that's my story. No, it's a great story. I'm just saying hi to Ross. What's up, Rossi? What? You doing okay? Hey! Okay. Hey, he's back! All right. Hello, Rossi. I know the drums took 16 hours for me to do. How long? Didn't the bass take like 12 or something like that too? We took 11 or 12 hours on the bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Drums were first. Then Ross came in and did bass. So we got like the long, those were the two like big stretches, right? But we did, yeah. uh, we did all that shit kind of lot. Well, the three of us. I don't think Chris played on the scratch track, right? No, no I, he didn't. No, no. I didn't pick up a guitar until the third day. That's I what I thought. Yeah, yeah, like the very, yeah, yeah, yeah. I kept waking up and looking in the studio and going, God, they're still going? Dude, See, that was long. That was long. And then, like, I literally went, you guys 
just woke me up. You shook me. You're like, okay, time. <laughs> time to go. Yeah. And I Get in there. Dusted myself off and like walked in, like picked up my guitar and just fucking nailed in one hour. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, we yeah. were looking at each other like, we were looking at each other like we were idiots for fucking <laughs> like, oh, like, is that guy going to fucking wake up? Like, should we bother with all this shit? No. Do you guys remember like uh, on the base, I was so fucked up on that first night. I didn't do anything. I played fucking bass on uh, the last part of Texas 10. Yeah. No, on the first part. Oh, on the, oh, first, on the part? first part? Wow. Look at all them stars, yeller. Bushels of them. Wonder if maybe Papa's lying out there on the trail somewhere. Looking at him, too. Wish I was with him. What was your stars and a thousand smaller crosses? Wouldn't lead me back to you. What was your stars and a thousand smaller crosses? And the blood on the
I mean, that whole fucking record is dark as fuck. Like, like I said, a lot of the lyrics and most of the music, almost everything was written in my head in the van coming home from Velvet. And we're talking like two, three, four in the morning. Yeah, sometimes and five, sometimes six. And you see a lot of fucking right? dead people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see a lot of dead people when you're driving on the fucking street on a Saturday, Friday, Saturday night, yeah. you know? You, it happens. And you work at a bar for years and whatever. Where, and, like, that's what I saw. And, like, so Texas 10. Well, Texas 10 is about this thing we that happened on the Ever Ready tour, you know? And that's like, what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was all about the Ever Ready tour. Because I was like freaking out in the fucking van because we'd be driving, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, I remember how paranoid I'd get driving and I'd have to have my pillow. Your pillow, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I'd have to sit in front and I'd have to sit in front because I wanted to die first. I didn't want to fucking get hurt. Yeah. I just want to croak. But I'm kind of afraid of death because I'm afraid of dying away from like the fam and shit. So like Texas 10 is totally about that because one night we was driving and, um, and it, and it actually wasn't in Texas, but Texas is where I first noticed the crosses. The crosses on later the side on, of the highway. We yeah, the, 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 yeah, the, all the crosses on the highway. But one night, it was a really rainy night. We were just driving through, like, uh, the Carolinas. And it was super rainy and fucked up, and we are sliding and shit like that. We were actually sliding in fucking frogs that were jumping across the road. And we were Holy sliding shit. on these frogs we were running over. There's millions of these fuckers, and you can see them down the road. I wasn't tripping out on this, but like, but then there was this white car, and the white car was not doing very well, and there was giant fucking blood splot from the fucking hood of the car to the back of the car, even in the rain. And it was like, ugh. It was blood on this white, like, tiny little white car. Oh, so dear. like, yeah, oh, yeah, that was good because that was a good drive because I think we were going to Florida, you know, or, or Georgia or something like that, yeah. you know, because we were driving south on through the Carolinas. But so there is a lot of dark shit on that record because of the fucking amount of death, <laughs> and you know that we're experiencing just the second we leave our house, you know, like and as soon as. You know, we hadn't left the house much. We just started touring, and then you get out, and you're like, you know, you're crossing three states. You're going to see a lot of shit happening uh, yeah. compared to, like, a 20-minute drive to work and back. You, you really see a, a family of five burned alive? They were um, not doing very well when when we saw the car. Big bad blue 
So, um, so we recorded. So when we were doing it, it was like Ross, Bob, and me started doing the backing tracks. Chris was sleeping, and then um, I think we went through those pretty quick. We got a couple of the songs like we had trouble with, and then started up on doing the fucking dumb guitar overdubs thing and that always takes a while because i'm doing like did we do guitar or bass first the bass it went like drums no. then bass then guitar after that no you did it the second day because drums drums went for 16 hours it was like eight hours the first day and then eight hours, like, the next morning, kind of early. And then I was done by, yeah. like, 2 o'clock. And then you started bass. I got fucking shit-faced, passed out, and woke up, and you were still doing bass. And I I walked up to, like, the control booth, and I was all, like, like an asshole. Th- this asshole who's been playing drums for 16 fucking hours. I go, oh, oh, what, he's still doing the bass tracks? What the fuck? Right? I know he'd only been doing it for like six hours, and I'm the dickhead that took like two fucking full days, right? Like, what? why is he still doing bass? No. What the fuck? Oh, come on, get it I together. Did I did one song on the first day. Oh, did uh, you? Oh, did I take a break on yeah. drums or something for a little bit so you could bass it up or something? Aaron song. No, Aaron song. That's a song. That's a, gnarly. Well. That's a gnarly song. Yeah. 
In this edition of the Mouse and Monkey Button Company advertisement, we're going to do something completely different. Let's hear some testimonials from actual, real-life, and highly satisfied customers of the Mouse and Monkey Button Company. Mr. I.P. Freely of Ding Dong, Texas writes, I've never had a button on my jean hat that looks as good and is as durable as this Mouse and Monkey Company button. Mrs. Anita Bath of Scratch Ankle, Alabama says, Mouse and Monkey solved all of my bottle opening and key holding issues with one product with their custom keychain bottle opener. Finally, Mr. Seymour Butts of Intercourse, Pennsylvania writes in with this testimony, this custom magnetic bottle opener really changed my life. I've never owned anything so convenient that was so close to my bush lights and so close to my heart. Listen to those testimonials, folks incredible you can be as happy and satisfied with your custom buttons keychain bottle openers magnetic bottle openers or pocket mirrors simply reach out to mouse and monkey button company via phone at area code 909-991-6666 you can reach them via email at mmbuttonco at gmail.com or visit the Mouse and Monkey Button Company website at www.mmbuttonco.com and get that custom button, keychain bottle opener, magnetic bottle opener, or pocket mirror project started today. You will not regret it. Right. right. But nothing like none of the fucking song titles really have anything to do with what's in the song, you know? No, well, 207 a.m. does, though, because it's all all about running out of wine. You're like, fuck, I have the last of my wine's gone. I can't go to the store to buy more fucking wine or any kind of booze or anything at all. I'm fucked, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
guitar last was the one, whichever one my aunt melted on. That was the last one that we recorded. That was probably Wonder Beer. Yeah, it was Wonder Beer. Yeah. Yep. No? Nope. Was it, it Lullaby? No, I think it was uh, oh, Rinse. Aaron's song. Or Rinse. It was Rinse. Rinse. I think it was Rinse. I it think was it was Rinse. Rinse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah it was Rinse. Rinse. Yeah. 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 Because I think we were right, because yeah. we were like, oh, like, that's the perfect song for a time to grow up. When I do those little riffs at the end, you can hear it. Like, just, you can hear the transformer melt. You can hear the tar coming out of the fucking jack. <laughs> yeah, you can hear it. I, and it was fucking crazy. I opened the amp up, and it was like the La Brea tar pit. The whole transformer completely melted. melted. Wow. Did you yeah. borrow that amp, or was that yours? That was my amp. I spent as much fixing it as I did buying it. Yeah. Like, I got... Like, oh, well, 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 and the amp bill was like, it was like $350 for the new Transformer. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I remember that. Um, did, and, I got stolen, I, I, and then I got a Black Face, too, and I was playing them both for a while, and, and then they got stolen. I figured it got stolen. Everything. That's crazy, dude. That's a, I, I remember like, what's that smell? And we thought, I mean, Wes was smoking weed. I think I, I was, was I, I don't even know if I was smoking weed or cigarettes then, but. We saw sparks. We saw fire shooting out of the jack. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the fucking room was filled. It was like yep. gray in there. Yep. Fog. Yeah. Or like with Scooby Doo and them cut the fucking hole in the fog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was the only time in my life where I recorded a guitar track in a different room than the amp. Oh, no so I was in the control booth with you guys, and I right. was using the, I didn't use any headphones. I played that whole record just to the studio monitors, which was really cool because I could I could use the um, the speakers in the room to get feedback. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. So yep. It was it was super like. It sounded like I was playing with the band. It was like really, I got to play full volume practice as loud as I wanted with no headphones. It was super rad experience. Like, it's a great way to fucking do that. Like, it really is.
one question what about all right al quint al quint is an emo pussy how did you i always forget how you came up with a name for that song 
you're just fucking with him because of suburban voice, right? Right. Hello, Alex. Hello, Alex. You're listening there. What's up, Al? He probably wouldn't be listening by now because it's like a few hours in. It's past his bedtime. Yeah, it's past his bedtime. So. Right. <laughs> Sorry, That's Al. your fucking bedtime. It is, it is past, past my bedtime. No, it is for sure. It is for sure. But like, um, so, um, well, we did, I think this is what happened was, so I remember I was an early adopter of the internet. Right, like I had been the internet for a very long time, and like like right eighty nine or something like that, eighty nine or ninety. I can look back. You can go on way back and look at my first post, like me bitching about Star Wars. Like Darren fucking Tito's <laughs> oh, wow, about type. Probably. Yeah, you could go all the way fucking back on like, you know, on the way back machine and search for my original email address because I don't remember the ones that we had from the BBSs. Um, cause you know, you'd have those like fucking slip accounts or whatever. Right. And, um, it was Mr. So, Clown something though, wasn't it? Was that your, it was, well, that was, yeah, it might've been Mr. Clown and that fucking whatever Matt who put out permanent, um, whatever his, cause I was on his thing for a while. Oh. Um, anyway, so, uh, Al was on there. I think on Usenet or something, maybe. I think we were on Usenet. Um, and uh, I had been reading Suburban Voice for a long time. And I remember, like, in a 12th grade at Madison, I carried, like, I had some Suburban Voices with me, and I would just read them in class because I had to do two things at once. So I would just read Suburban Voice in class and MRR and shit. And then I think we put out the 7-inch, and, you know, fucking folks were liking the sevens, but the folks who were liking it was, like, people with, like, names and shit, you know? Like, they like, people would write and be like, hey, I you know, but, like, from bigger, uh, a label that would like or something, would be like, hey, that's a good sevens. And I'd be like, cool, thanks. And then be like, you didn't think they might ask us to do it? No. And so, like, Al was like, Al did a good review of the first sevens, I believe. What sevens? The first two was the yeah. tubes on the front, and and um and so like and nobody emailed anybody. Insane, like nobody had a fucking interweb at all. Like in, in their homes, you know, students did. And um, he wrote me, and then we started chit chatting on some, you know, probably like uh, some some weird chat service thing. It wasn't AOL. I would fuck that. So, um, and then we started talking about, I mentioned Thin Lizzy, and he was saying something about, like, he liked uh, uh, Uriah Heap. I was like, oh, no, not fucking, fuck no, no, no Uriah Heap, man. I'm like, so then we argued for, like, jokingly about arguing over the merits of Thin Lizzy versus Uriah Heap. And um, that turned into, you know what, you're an emo... You're an emo pussy, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's perfect. And like, I would fuck, you know, like, you know, like, just weird, you know, like that was a that was a crazy jam would use back then, but like, you know, it was like, it was so. That's what that. That's the only thing about that. And then the lyrics are just straight up fucking truth, you know. Oh, fuck the world, and then I'll take you with me. Yeah. 
Yeah, that has nothing to do with Al. <laughs> no, it whatsoever. doesn't. No, no. The piano part, Davey, was that improvised or did you have that planned? That what was, was all planned. That was all improvised. Well, I, I wanted to put weird noises, but he had that. I remember he had that piano in there from the Everetti thing because uh, I think it was Mass played. Or no, it might have been me playing just like a Andrew WK type fucking single chord. Yeah, you don't remember that? Like the next morning, you were so passed out, drunk, I had to do the mixing on that. Right. Yeah, you you were you were like the sub engineer on that part. Yeah. What's new at Red Brontosaurus Records, you ask? Let me tell you. Since the shutdown due to COVID-19, Red Brontosaurus Records has been busy revamping and improving the shop. Red Brontosaurus Records is putting in a large selection of musical instruments, guitars, amps, pedals, strings, and more for your music-making needs. Red Brontosaurus Records has been consolidating and improving the used VHS, Blu-ray, and DVD selections for your viewing pleasure. The used video game selection at Red Brontosaurus Records is one of my favorite things about my favorite store in San Diego. Red Brontosaurus has a huge selection of used video games and new and used video game consoles and accessories in stock now. 
Also keep in mind, the video game inventory is growing as we speak. The store is closed as of right now due to safety concerns, but know that you can always check the Red Brontosaurus Records Instagram page at Red Brontosaurus Records to see what's available. You can also drop Red Brontosaurus Records an email at redbrontosaurusrecords at gmail.com with any questions regarding availability and they will get back to you. The fine folks of Red Brontosaurus Records check the email daily. Local delivery in the San Diego area is available as well as mail order. Red Brontosaurus Records has you covered right now. You can even order a Red Brontosaurus Records t-shirt from Teespring. Just go to www.tspring.com. That's T-E-E-S-P-R-I-N-G.com and search using the words Red Brontosaurus. And there they are, a couple of different t-shirt designs that look so good and are guaranteed to look good on you. Red Brontosaurus Records, America's finest record and more store in America's finest city. Check Red Brontosaurus Records out today. reinvented the, the parts of those songs or whatever a lot of that stuff i had to admit i wasn't practicing with you yet baby i was just practicing and so I, I was just coming up with stuff not knowing what davy was was playing yeah you're you're and, playing it like your way more or less so it was like a shoot if it was going to work or not yeah. <laughs> but when the two guitar parts came together it was this really cool like um like kind of unplanned accident. Yeah, it's totally, that's the best part about it. Left and right wing. We didn't have any... Left and right wing. We didn't have the luxury of the, of of not just fucking dealing with, or not dealing, but like, we didn't have the luxury of tearing these fucking things apart for a while and, and working right. them all out and shit. It was, yeah. we have 2,500 yeah. bucks, we have Chris Squire, let's do this, you know? Yeah. And like... It doesn't, but it doesn't matter. It's more punk rock. It's more, it's more organic. It's more like, I would never think twice not to do that, you know? Yeah. And that's kind of like the whole point of in my head of the fucking band. You want in? Show up to practice. You want to record? Show up yeah. to record. Fucking cares. The rest is, the rest is fucking garbage. We all, I always learn songs after we record anyway, you know? Yeah, pretty much. I always have two guitar parts. Yep. We, yeah. I don't know how to play the fucking songs. I don't know oh, the you titles. Come, because you come back to it and then you go, oh, fuck, like I don't like the way that, that sounds or whatever. I'm going to redo that part to where I like how it sounds even better than the next time I play it or something like that. That For me, that's how it always is. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do this little stupid thing. No, I'm going to do it a little different on the outside of it or right. something. I don't know. The happy accidents are the fucking things, and like, and then those are the ones that that you keep too, though. Like for me, it's like the happy accidents are like, oh, I didn't know I fucking did that. Oh, that sounds great. I'm gonna fucking do that every time I can remember to do it anyway. And then, and then you spend the rest of your time yeah. lying to yourself that you meant to do that. <laughs> pretty much. And you start yeah, taking credit for fucking shit you never even fucking paid attention to. Because the way I, I don't know, I, I, but I just think the whole thing is because I. I it was like, whoa! I'm hearing these songs for the first time. Like when when Chris's parts came in, and like I remember standing there. And I, did you have the you had the fucking SG the Junior SG with the fucking blue one on that, right? Yeah, it it was um uh 1988 SG90 uh, single. Yeah, 
and you were like, and the fucking control room just bashed through that shit. quit during any of that stuff or i did i walked out i didn't quit i just got pissed and like walked out for that was during battle hymns one i got really I thought you quit like once no no just that one time i well i might have said i quit on the way out and then i went out and smoked <laughs> and hung out for like 15 minutes and walked back in and everybody's <laughs> like oh oh he's back you know and i was like hey you know, sorry but i gotta like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, maybe I did quit. Maybe I did. I don't remember. I remember I walked out, sat outside, like cooled down for a while, and came back like, "All right, let me let's just finish this." And then I think then we did. I did like three more songs, and I was done, completely done. Right. Come on, 
No, and Paul Miner came in, and he, this poor straight edge fucking dude. Oh, like, I do remember him. I do remember the straight edge guy because we kept fucking with him. We fucked hard with him. Like yeah. he's like a real dude who like records records that we listen to. Yeah, and like, like we super nice so dude, right? But we're like, hey, fucking, fucking straight edge guy, are you fucking, are you crucified to the X yeah, or what, we're bro? Total yeah. <laughs> like, totally, like, what's up, straight edge? And we're like, oh, straight, oh, straight edge, like just fucking wasted, right? I do. Yeah, he was, was like a stocky, crazy. stocky guy with a shaved head, right? He could have beat the fuck out of us. Oh, yeah. he, sh- he should have. He probably should have. Yeah, yeah, he probably should have. I mean, we really annoyed him, and it was kind of shitty. I mean, it was funny because it was like, but you know what I mean? It's like you can't – you go see him. Like, like it replaced fucking C-3PO at one, part, at, at one point of the Star Wars. straight out to you. You know? That's right. That's right. And, like – yeah, he was straight edge as fuck. I forgot what band he was in, but oh, like, man, you know, he, he was in like, some like OC straight edge band or something like that, huh? No for an answer. Was he no for an answer? No, I was Dan Mahoney, right? No, I yeah, that was Mahoney. No that was Mahoney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's the weird thing is like we fucking listen to. I don't how much I didn't listen like I listen to fucking straight edge like music like crazy like I'm just, like insane.
Yeah, what's the one that's like a panto rib? No, it's a panto song. Oh. Oh, uh, panto, you panthro. Yeah, panthro. Panto UK. United yeah. Kingdom. You're, that song. A song that sounds like a panto song to you? Yeah. Which song was oh, that? No, it is. The first, like, uh, the King or Queen, Bobby, you had a hard time. That's Lullaby. Lullaby. Either King or Queen or the man away. Yeah, 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 okay, okay, yeah. okay. And you had a hard time, Bobby, playing because we'd always played like 12 or 13 parts. That's the one that, yeah, that's the one that we screwed up. That we, we screwed up. Yeah. We kept, yeah, and, and then we learned it. how to play it after yeah, we yeah, recorded yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I know. Tell We're like, oh, well, I guess this is the fucking official, official version of the song now. Uh, yeah, that's how we recorded it. So fuck it. No, I think it sounds fucking cool, man. It's all like, uh, it's all weird, uh, weird timing. It's got uh, like, yeah. really, like that. It, it, that song really sounds different from any other song on the record. And um, it's like kind of like light sounding, I want to say, compared to anything else. But yet the lyrics are really dark. Like, yeah, they're dark. Yeah. What's the what's the story with that one? Oh, yeah. dude. All right. Well, this goes. This you'll get. You you probably get this, Chris. Like, like. Well, Bob will get it. And Rob, everybody. Will get it. Anyway, so when I was a kid. I was a kid, and like we didn't have a we we didn't have a TV really, and then we got a TV. And then about a year after we got a TV, I think my mom and dad, my mom worked for General Electric and because we'd be fighting over the fucking TV where we, that didn't happen before. And next thing I, she worked for GE and we ended up getting all these like TVs in our room for fucking Christmas, right? And I would turn on the TV in the morning and I would watch like the news and it would be fucking giant Russian fucking missiles being, you know, Reagan. Oh, yeah. Like, giant Russell, Russian missiles being paraded down the road, and, like, the U.S. is like, you know, the news is all like, you should be scared of these people. And and I was like, you know, like, oh, my God. And that, so that was, like, a real catalyst once I got into, like, fucking, like, started hearing, like, political, English political punk and stuff going like fuck this is the shit this is what you know this is like nuclear war is bad fucking and I, I got all of that and one night well one morning I woke up and I watched that shit and I would always watch Pat Robertson I still watch I'm not you know what I mean like I would watch Pat he's fucking hilarious man right. he's so full of shit <laughs> right. he's, yeah, yeah. he's even worse now yeah and I was just I'm, I'm still obsessed by like Trinity Broadcasting Network shit and all that stuff. It's, you good, know? it's good TV, it's, dude. It's fucking great TV. It's good. It's fucking great TV, man. <laughs> it really People is. are it crazy. Really yep. There's, there, 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 it's just as far based a reality as having the Fonz live with you and shit. You know, like, <laughs> it's true, dude. Like, it's like fucking just, yeah, it's just TV, yep. which is bullshit anyway. But like, so I woke up one morning and I could hear Pat Robertson going, he is risen. He is risen. He is finally here. And like, oh, God, glory, we have waited for this day. And I looked out my window, and I swear I saw this glowing figure on top of the fucking mountain behind me with the sun behind it and a line of people going up the mountain. And I was like, fuck, he's right. Went right back to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) And then I I woke up again. And I, and like the fucking sky was all orange and crazy. 
And like, I don't know what time it was, right? The sky was super orange and crazy. I think Pat Robertson came on at like five, six, seven, eight, nine, you know, like different yeah, hours. Early. Yeah, 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 yeah. Came on at different hours and the show would be on for like three, four hours sometimes. And um, and so I go walk up and I get out and I go out into the kitchen. And I get to the kitchen and everything is fucking orange. Like, and the Jesus, whatever the fuck it was up on the mountain with all the people going up, Armageddon, whatever was still happening. And then all of a sudden I snapped and I was standing in the fucking kitchen and I woke up. Holy and like, shit. yeah, and I was like, everything was fucking normal. But I was dreaming about standing and being in the kitchen and I woke up in the kitchen. And like, I was like, Ugh. and so that basically, that's what that song kind of is about was like, all these fucking crazy fears of annihilation. Like I, I would have. I, I remember going to the Safeway parking lot in Mira Mesa, and the, it's right in my vision where I could see was just a fucking crater and nuclear missiles and crying. Like I'd have these like weird, like sort of daydreams about that shit. Like wow, I hate war. You know, I hate fucking nuclear oh, yeah. war. I hate fucking guns. Hate all that shit. It's like traumatic, and it was just like in our faces, just like any, everything else is in your face. You know? And it's just like this, it, it was certainly like a ominous, like dark cloud over our heads back then. Every day, like yeah, well, every it, fucking single day. Like you didn't know if you're you go like to bed, we, you didn't know if you're going to wake up the next day, right? I mean, that was kind of what we right. were was pushed that, on. That, us that movie, Red, that movie, Reds came out. Remember that movie? What's Reds? Reds. Reds. I don't remember Threads. I remember like the day after. Oh yeah, Threads and day after. Day after. Yeah. The, wasn't it and, day uh, after tomorrow? Threads was like threads no, it was just day after. Was, oh, day after. Threads was the English version of day after, basically. Yeah. Oh, and then there was the uh, Jane the uh, what's her neck movie. Uh, um, um, uh, the dude from A Team. Yeah, the, the old man from A Team was in one too. The, there was one. Um, there, there was one that was about like right at it's, it's I think William Devane is the dad and fucking Jane Seymour not Jane Seymour but the another Jane um actress sorry I can't remember her name um and then Lucas Haas was in it and he was like five in it and um and it was called Trinity or something like that and it was about a family in a fucking suburban neighborhood after a nuclear war and or after a nuclear strike, and most of the movie takes place in their house and on their in their front, you, you know, in the in the street, and it's like the fallout and the killing and the and the fucking cancer coming and the people getting sick slowly over time and shit. And um, I, God, I wish I could remember the name of it, something like Trinity or uh, something like that. I'm sure we'll figure it out. Yeah. And like, so I, I was, it was almost like torture watching these movies because they were mirroring these fears that I had from having this shit. Then you get into punk rock, and then we start going to like, say, going to Balboa Park to like a, you know, to like a political meeting, like if Sammy Blue or like, you know, somebody was putting on something political in the park. And we go and you get information from people you knew in the punk scene about like, and you're in Balboa Park and there's a fucking photograph of where a, a missile blowing up one mile over Balboa Park and the devastation it would do to San Diego. Yeah. And like, fucking hell, like, you're just bombarded by this shit. Yep. And yep. I mean, you get bombarded by everything now, but like, I mean, without like verification, and things like that. I mean, no, 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 that shit's real, but like,
without that immediate verification, it becomes tangible. Like that fear becomes tangible. And so it's, I hate that shit. I hate fucking war, man. I hate that whole culture, you know? Yep. And like, cause it's traumatic. It's like, yeah, my family would be gone and my friends would be gone and like, fuck, fuck everything else. You know, like cares about buildings and shit. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, so that's, so lullaby is totally about that. Like, that's the darkness of it. to come together like i mentioned i remembering there was a keg in there well, we, we had the keg 
for the backup focal party because we, it was Wonder Beer. Right. So, so well, that I was the next weekend, though, wasn't it? Did we come back for that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We came back ah. for vocals. Yeah, we came back the next weekend. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. So yeah, then, then uh, we did. Um, we got all those orange, all like the Nerd Tones guys and their yeah. friends, Luke Smalley, and um, the girls from Orgasm. Orgasm. Uh, that was the band that you were friends with, right? Yeah, you were buddies with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they came to one of our shows at um, uh, Coos too. Coos Art. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. And so we got all them in there with the keg and, and did, you know, Wonder Beer. That's which right. was really fun. Oh, Shane and oh, Megan were there. Oh. Remember? Carson and Megan were there, Rossi. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. That was the best song. Yep. Credits on the record are bullshit. They're supposed to be like a fucking, you know, we're all like a like a cartoon thing, you know. Yeah, no, it was, it was. wasn't it? Ross pills, uh, Davy drinking 
Bob smoking and and Squire sleeping. Yeah, there's like all those were like, and then the whole like oh, I got like head scratches or something. Shit, like, oh. Oh, I, got, I got drums and cigarettes. Yeah, I got drums and cigarettes. What and what was everything else? Squire got rhythm guitar and sleeping. Ross got bass and Silert. Silert. Davey got guitar. <laughs> Davey got guitar, voice, piano, feedback, and whiskey. Well, there you have it, folks. There you have it. Hair-brained schematics by Tilt Wheel in all of its glory, explained and demystified. Yeah, I, I was hung over for close to a week after we recorded Hairbrained. That that was a fucking mess. Oh my god, three days in the studio for the initial part. That's not counting when we came back to do like mixing and vocals and shit. Three days where we just drank the entire time and slept when we weren't like up to bat. Oh, fuck. Yeah, when I got done with the drums, it, it, fuck, it was party time, party time. Well, I hope you enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. That was super fun. A huge, huge, huge thank you to Chris Squire, Ross Hughes, and Davey Quinn, of course, for taking part in this one for being my friends, for being in Tilt Wheel. I love you guys very, very much, very much. Uh, huge thanks again to Davey, though, for kind of setting this up and thinking it out in the first place. Good job. Good job. Yeah. Give you a, yeah. Fuck you, Davey. Yeah, sorry. Um, also, a huge thanks to Mouse and Monkey Button Company and Red Brontosaurus Records for your support of the Bobcast. I really do appreciate that. And as always, thank you so very, very much for listening I really hope you enjoyed this one. I definitely did. Remember, subscribe, rate, and review the Bobcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again for listening. Goodbye.